Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I want to talk about part two of the relevance of the relevance of the Holy Spirit. Of the relevance of the Holy Spirit. On Sunday, I did a little part one. Tonight, I want to do part two. The Holy Spirit is my favorite thing. Yes. And Jesus intended it that way. How many feel like that you have some room to learn more about the Holy Spirit? It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yes. You know, the enemy, which is Satan, which is Lucifer, who is, was originally the worship leader of heaven. Yes. He was an angel God created, and he was one of the archangels. There's Michael, Gabriel, and there was Lucifer. And it says that I love some teachings now that are out. I just love to explore things we didn't think about when we were just trying to eat back in the day. You know, we just, we just, we're in there plowing, trying to eat. Now we get to explore some other stuff about, and they were saying that, that his instruments were like breath and they would make, make noise when they come in. And that's where they, that's why the, all the horns these days, you know, require breath. And that was kind of how God created through those sounds. And I'm personally searching for those sounds. Like God called me 40 years ago to create a sound that would heal cancer. And, you know, me and this little team of three people are searching for that sound. That means that we're just trying all kinds of things because worship is meant to be expanded. Do you really think that God just has the one song? Let me try to think of an old one I could throw out for you. Uh, we bring the sacrifice of praise. That was an old one, right? And that was all he was going to do? I mean, like, that's it. That's our limit in music, right? And so I believe personally that um, Lucifer is in charge of all the worldly music. He owns the mountain of music and that he is bringing destruction through lyrics and sounds right now on the earth. But I believe that there is a whole generation and that there are places throughout the entire circle right now that are developing this sound of heaven. They're developing a way to actually hear the heart of the Father sung on the earth through the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm trying to build. And, you know, that is the mandate on my life that we would that the entire music industry would change to be worshipers and i think that um more than you know right now god is putting the, an end to demonic music don't be don't listen to the hype of the worldly media i mean think about it if you were going to broadcast for the demonic wouldn't you want to advertise for them you know, that's why God doesn't need that kind of advertising, because with one, he could smash it all out. There's something about God's partnership with humanity that he enjoys more than just putting a destruction to everything evil. That's why he put us in charge of the planet. You are in charge of the planet. You're in charge of the weather. You're in charge of who gets healed. You're in charge of finances. Just challenging you, your belief system a little bit. And God's looking for a co-laborer to do on earth what he assigned us to do. 
He didn't assign us to come to earth, live a mousy life that's in poverty and destruction, bowing to every demonic spirit, and then just fly off to heaven one day and say, made it. That's not it. That's not what we're doing around here. That's not our aim. And so corporate gatherings for me is just me challenging you to go out into the world and change it with your anointing. And so the only way we can do that is that we have to be in complete harmony and and be unified with the Godhead. The Godhead is a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit. There's three parts. They're in complete unity. Let me just give you a preface. And so that's, we're three parts, and so He made us to line up with the Holy Trinity to actually distribute to, distribute to the earth. You know, it says in, I think, Habakkuk, the time is coming that the whole earth is going to be covered with the knowledge of God. Yeah. The knowledge of, of how I know God. The whole earth is going to be covered with that. So just because it's not right now doesn't mean it's not going to be. And I'm responsible for my little plot. You are too. And when you die, when you go to heaven, he'll say, here's your reward for what you did according to what Jesus did, not what you made up on your own. And so part of what not only assists us, but empowers us and changes us and transforms people by our shadow is the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is he relevant today? Because there's a whole fatherless generation that has no idea how to succeed in their identity. And, you know, I love that, you know, I'm a, I am a survivor of sexual abuse. That's what I am. But instead of just being mad at who abused me, I decided to transform other victims into powerful, wielding, anointed sons and daughters of God. You know, I've counseled with hundreds of people over the last 35 years. I've done inner healing. I've done every kind of inner healing process that you can think of. But it is the power of the Holy Spirit that transforms. We can have methods. I'm not against them. We can have methodologies. We can have programs. We can have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100, however many you want to name. But it is the power of the Holy Spirit that transforms us. You know, and I've, I've seen drug addicts set free. I've seen sexual addicted people set free. I've seen abuse victims set free. I've seen people who have been so severely abused that, that they actually come to the place where they don't remember it anymore. So that's the power of the Holy Spirit that I'm talking about today. No man can do that. There's not enough counseling that can do that. There's not enough words that can do that. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the power I'm talking about tonight. Let's don't confuse it with any other power. I just need to get that off my chest. <laughs> Let's turn to Acts 2. Have you ever been thirsty? Have you ever been so thirsty in the natural that only water would do? Yes. You know, water is my very favorite drink anyway, but Dr. Pepper won't do. Yeah. Have you ever? Yeah. But then there comes a day in there that like someone's saying, you need to drink those 120 ounces of water. And you're like, I, I, water's not tasting as good to me anymore. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Then you just need some sweet tea or what, what's your drink of choice? Trace. Dar, doc, diet. Pepsi with that chunky ice. And see, it's kind. Let me help you 
God's plan is a maturing plan. He didn't intend it for you to stay a kindergartner in your faith your entire time on the planet. That's not God's plan. And God is a mature because he's a good father. You know, think about it. You don't want to be 40 wearing diapers. Well, anyway, I guess another story. You don't want to be, right, right. You want to mature. You want to be able to get to the restroom on your own. That's kind of a give me. That's why we do that kind of before the age of two normally. Because that's that is a it's an easy way to see how maturity happens. The spirit is the same way. The spirit has maturing attributes and decisions and choices he lays out before you to help you want them, to help you want to mature. And part of that maturing walk is learning to be thirsty for the spirit. Just like, do you remember when you just had your first taste of Jesus? Anybody ever been kind of in a yucky place? And then the Holy Spirit, you didn't know that was his name then. You just thought you were at the end of your rope or something. Or Have you anyone ever experienced it? He just walked in and he gave you a little kiss. And something about it was like, oh, that feels tingly. Oh, that feels kind of, oh, that feels, oh, I don't know what I'm feeling. That's why he gave us, I mean, otherwise we would just be a wall and we wouldn't feel anything. But he gave us all of these emotions and he gave us all these feelings and he gave gave us all these senses, in my opinion, to sense him, to feel him. And God's God's a feeler. I don't need to prove that I can I can read you a bunch of scriptures. Jesus, when he was on earth, was a feeler. He felt all kinds of emotion. When he remember when he stepped to the edge of Jerusalem and he looked out, he looked at a long way. It wasn't like he was down on the ground with them. And this is what his heart said. His feeling heart said, "They are like sheep without a shepherd. They are what is it? What would a sheep do without a shepherd? They would literally walk right off the cliff. Did you know that? And other sheep would follow them. That's what he was saying, that the people God made need a shepherd. They need someone to lead them, guide me, uh, guide them. Otherwise, they would just walk off the cliff. And many of us have done that with our own lives while we've been searching. God's not nervous about your search. You know what? He knows every card you turn over, every somebody you go look at, every attempt you do to be famous, everything you do will end up in nothing without him. He just knows it. So he's not nervous. God's not nervous. And so part of our thirsting comes from knowing the word. I love the word. You know, I have, I have loved the word my whole life. I've served God my entire life. I have never rebelled against God. And I have loved, loved, loved his word. I think Christy said it really well on Sunday. I can't remember exactly what you said, but you said it really well. <laughs> that God left us an instruction manual to live our lives by. And if you see the word of God as a love letter from God, if you see it as God's mad, that means you're going to all the scriptures and you're looking up all the bad stuff that God did. You didn't, you don't, you don't even know the story. You just look at all the bad stuff God did. And you look at all the scriptures that Jesus said that you agree with. 
right? And then you create these personal theologies yeah. in your little search. I mean, like I said, he's not nervous, but the word of God is living. It's actually alive. It's actually a person. It's actually Jesus. Let me help you. And it's when you accept Jesus into, into your heart, you receive Jesus inside. You receive the living word. Now, Jesus said, we need the Holy Spirit because what does the Holy Spirit do? He makes everything animated. Yes. You know, I've known lots of people, counseled lots of people, and every single person I've ever met that's been filled with the Spirit, the first thing they said was, the Word of God came alive. Yes. That tells me it's not really just about speaking in tongues, whether I agree with that or not. I read that on Sunday. We all were transformed on Sunday, weren't we, when I read that about why we're supposed to be filled with the Spirit, right? So we're not nervous about that anymore. Go back and listen to that if you're still nervous. But the Holy Spirit is an animator of everything God. Do you like to be animated? Yes. Would you rather I just stand up here and say, well, the Bible says... (laughs) The reason why we're animated is because we're full of life. We're full of hope. We're full of enthusiasm. You know, after last night, you know, so many people came. The one thing that breaks me inside into just complete weeping is how that he comes in when someone least expects it and he just transforms their lives right where they are. It doesn't matter. You know, my mom is almost 90 years old and she texted me this morning. She said, well, tell me the report. I told her some things that cool things happened last night. She said, that's a good report. The Bible says, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of God or the report of the enemy? The enemy says it's hopeless. Nobody's going to change. But the report of God says everybody's going to change. Everybody's in need of him. Do you know the weird, the the amazing thing about God is that he's stuck in every human heart. Don't have time to read you all the scriptures about it. A way to find God. That's how you know everybody's really looking for him. They may be looking under all the wrong rocks, marrying all the wrong people, trying all the wrong jobs, but ultimately it'll all funnel and funnel and funnel and funnel and funnel and funnel until he's the only road left. Now, see, I didn't do that process. How many didn't do that process? Me and say, well, we didn't do that process. Some of y'all did that process, yeah. right? Yeah. You got to the tell that really road got real narrow, right? And you're like, boom, oh, there's no place else to go. I mean, it's just like, that was him. Remember I read you that scripture that he's just dragging us, dragging us into the knowledge of him because his intention as a good father is for you to fulfill your assignment. So in Acts 2, I was reading on Sunday. Do you remember? Who was standing up talking on Sunday? It was Peter. Let's revisit verse 17, shall we? Acts 2, 17. Peter says, this is what I will do in the last day. I will pour out my spirit. What is he quoting here? He's quoting Joel 2. It's kind of cool that Peter had that memorized, isn't it? I mean, you know, I don't know if you know this, but he didn't have like a passion translation there, <laughs> right? So he, he had this memorized. Why do you think Peter had this memorized? Because he was waiting. Remember what I said about waiting? See, that's, everybody should get a live scripture because 
it causes you to be intention to wait till that thing's fulfilled. In the Word is a life scripture for everybody on the planet. When you find it, your heart is molded and shaped around waiting for it to happen. As opposed to, well, I don't know why I'm here. Hope somebody tells me. Hope somebody with a lot more passion and a lot more understanding about God tells me, no, it's planted within you to know. And so he's been, he was waiting. He says, I will pour out my spirit on everybody. Let me read it in the voice because I didn't read it in that on Sunday. It says, in the last day, I will offer my spirit to humanity as a libation. Unrestrained. Your children, anybody have children? Will boldly speak the word of the Lord. That's the promise to children. If you're a parent and you have a child... This is a promise to hang your hat on. Stick it on post-it notes around your house. My children will. So that that tells you that you're supposed to open the Word of God for them. You're supposed to train them in the Word of the of the Lord so that they can speak it. You're training them in English, right? No, I didn't. No parents gave me a really hallelujah on that. Not a parent. Uh huh. Young warriors will see visions. Who's a warrior? Who's a warrior? Who's a warrior? Who is a warrior? God said you're going to see visions. You better get you a pad and paper. You better get to writing them down. You know, I've probably interpreted, do you think, 300 dreams a year or more? Sorry, am I keeping you up? I mean, you're yawning. I could get you a cup of coffee if you need it. As we have coffee in church here. (laughs) Dreams are meant to be interpreted. Not from some random way on Google. (laughs) If you type in, what does my dream mean? You're going to get some answers. Be careful if that's going to be your source of dream interpretation. It'll be inconsistent. It won't be godly, I promise, because the first thing that will pop up is something the enemy wants you to see. See, the, the word says it's in the heart of a king to search out a matter, but it's the honor of God to hide it. Why does it say that? Who gets that? Who gets that? Do you get that? There is something about this interaction with you and God. He wants to hide it, not because he's mean. Think of the Easter egg hunt. Do y'all do that anymore? Do you put money in it? Okay, so here's the thing. So we had a birthday party for Silwo. And and when she was a little girl, about eight years old, she dressed up as Pocahontas. So we all dressed up like Pocahontas when she was eight years old. And we played Pong, not beer Pong, (laughs) but we played money Pong. That's God. That's the heart of God. She didn't know we were playing money Pong. Nobody knew we were playing money Pong. And when they got the money, they gave it to her. That's God. He hides something. Will you play will you play pong with him? Yes. Will you Easter egg hunt with him? Will you? Or are you just like, no, nah, that's too hard? Yeah. 
<laughs> Here's my favorite line. I can't understand that. No, you're meant to understand it. Yes. You're meant to understand it. If you're a parent, you're meant to parent. If you're a dreamer, you're meant to dream and you're meant to interpret your dreams. This is what he says that his, he's going to offer his spirit to help you. It's an offer. If I had, if I had a thousand dollars in my hand and I offered it to you to interpret your dreams for the next year, who would do it? It's incentive. It's incentive. The Holy Spirit is the best incentive maker. Do you know what his incentive is? He says, I'm going to tell you secrets. I'm not going to tell anybody else. Secrets about your life. You know, Cece dreamed the molecule version of COVID before it happened. Do y'all remember that dream around here? And she dreamed this whole cool thing about a green light. All that dream is coming to true is coming to pass. We didn't even know what it was. We were looking at that thing and she was like, yeah, it looks like this. And we were like, what could that be? And after the whole COVID thing, we went, that's it. But see, the rest of the dream, God interpreted for us. And we're seeing it come to pass. You want to speak for God? You're going to have to learn to interpret your dreams. Dreams are metaphors. Have you ever had a dream that you thought meant something legitimately and it was scary? What does it make you want to do? It makes you want to turn off your dreams, doesn't it? Anybody ever had a scary dream? Listen, I promise you, if you would, I mean, Tessa's great at interpreting dreams. Shooty's great. I've taught them how to interpret dreams. Who else thinks there's great? They're great at interpreting that I don't know about. See, well, it's just learned. They didn't come here knowing it. Now, they both dream a lot. I don't know anybody dreams. Cece can dream 10 dreams a night. She dreamed a whole thing last night about a decision Pam and I hadn't even had a chance to tell Pam yet about a decision that we're making at Desrim. She does it all the time. So I'm like, oh, well, there's my answers right there. And she dreamed a whole thing about the worship team. Oh, well, there's a, was two answers I needed today. And he gave them to her. Now, when she wakes up, she's like, I don't know what these could mean. I'm like, I know what they mean. See, part about covenant partnership means that God will give somebody an answer to what you're in, who you're in covenant with. That's why your gift only flourishes when you're in unity. Come on, it's the best thing ever. Y'all don't seem very excited about it. It's just an offer, just an offer. He says it right here, it's just an offer. <laughs> Young warriors will see see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Oh, I've become an elder all of a sudden. I'm gonna... <laughs> yes, in those days I shall offer my spirit to all servants, both male and female, and they will boldly speak my word. And in the heaven above and on the earth below, I shall give signs of impending judgment. Now, remember, we learned what judgment meant, right? Listen to everyone who knows Jesus. When you go in your last days and you stand before God, the great judgment throne, he's a rewarder. See, once I know Jesus, the judgment has been satisfied. Jesus took away. Remember, we talked about it. Oh, yeah, I want to hear for that. We talked about, I talked about on Saturday how that, that, you can live like you've never sinned. Yeah. 
Because why? Because of what Jesus did. And so then Jesus and God becomes the rewarder instead of the go to hell. (laughs) That should be good news. It says, um, the sun will become void of darkness and the moon shall become like blood. The great and dreadful day of the Lord will arrive. This is all good news. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be liberated into God's freedom and peace. So right now that's happening on the earth. There's a lot of doom and gloom. If you watch the political stuff, which I don't, I don't watch news. I haven't watched news in probably 20 years, 15 at least. But if you watch all that stuff, just if you just ingest it, we become what we behold. If you ingest it long enough, it'll infiltrate your faith. And then you'll think that's what God's doing. That is not what God's doing. If you want to listen to somebody good, listen to Johnny Inlow. He'll set you aflame. He'll get rid of every religious crap you've got in your bones. He will. Now, now listen, he goes on. I'm going to jump back to, uh, to uh, the passion. Thank you. He said, Jesus is the victorious one. Verse 22. He was on a divine mission. I read this on Sunday. Whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many miracles and powerful signs. Now, he goes down in verse 33 and he says, The Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us today. This is what you're seeing and hearing. So this is what he's saying. The Father gave Jesus the authority to send the Holy Spirit to earth when Jesus went to heaven. That's why Jesus said, it's better that I go to heaven and leave you the comforter. This is the Holy Spirit I'm talking about. It was He was left here on the earth, first off, to demonstrate a sign and wonder. That's why the first thing the Holy Spirit demonstrated was that He could transform language. What, what is the first thing the Holy Spirit did when He created the earth? He had transforming language. He said to the chaos, what did He say? Let there be, and He named seven things that He said that ne- the earth needed to look like. It said the earth was what? Without form, and it was completely void, and it was dark. So the Holy Spirit spoke then, and He created an earth And in Acts, he spoke through believers. It's the same thing. Does anybody get it? I feel like y'all get it. That's how the Holy Spirit operates. I like the word manifest. I know it's an old-timey word. But manifest, when he speaks through humans, he's doing the same thing he did. So he sends you to a chaotic plot of land called a job. He does. And see, if he does not fill your mouth, you'll speak about the job the way it was when you arrived. Well, they're selfish. Of course they are. Well, they're just money happy. Of course they are. Well, look at them. They're just trying to make money. Of course they are. Well, they just make me work all the time. Of course they do. It's work. That's why you need boundaries. But anyway, it's another story. <laughs> but he sent you there to practice your gift. Yes. Yes. You're just there to practice your gift. 
And he says, this is the promise. So why do, why do, why do we need promises from God? How many have a promise from God? Have ever received a promise from God? Anybody? Great. How many are still waiting for some promises? Super. How many have ever had a promise come to pass? Great. So this is truth. God makes a promise. I love it because it says God can't go back on his promise. Now we can't make up a promise and say it was God's. Uh, Can I step on some toes? Who's got some? He didn't even promise that you were going to be married. But if you choose to, then you have to die. You have to become one. You're no longer independent. That's what marriage is. It's a covenant of non-independent people. And the Hubers are coming to marriage counseling tomorrow night. Beautiful. I'm giving them a precursor right now. See, the way I look at it is if your house is on fire and I drive by and I just wave, I've done you a disservice. And I can guarantee you it is impossible for me to do that. So when I drive by your house, I have to say, dang, girl, your house is on fire. Because why? The Holy Spirit is so limited by our unbelief. Listen, we have believed in so many other things more than God. Can you admit it? We have. We've put our trust. How many are doing the trust book? Stand up tomorrow night. I'm going to pray over you real quick, real quick. Papa, I just release the power right now that you have made us to trust. You have made, so I break every lie of the enemy right now. And I just infuse these women and any men that want to participate on the side. I just actually infuse them with the power to trust brand new again in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Cheryl Lynn, for doing that. Let's go down to verse 34. So Yahweh said to my Lord, I honor you by enthroning you beside me until I make your enemies a footstool beneath your feet. Now see, all of these things that Peter was quoting, he, what was he doing? He was trying to actually coach or encourage or saying, this is happening right now. That is really all I'm doing right now. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. Some of you just became aware of his existence, but he has been in existence the whole time. Some of you have just become aware that, wow, I see stuff. You see, once we actually step into that, it's like a portal. It's like it just takes us into our destiny. It takes us into our identity. Have you had that experience? And so those are promises. And so let's jump over real quick. Oh, okay. I'll be finished in five minutes, I promise. Are you coming, Mendel? Yeah. Okay, you're only going to have five minutes. I'm just kidding. She has a cool word she's going to read. In in Galatians 5, I'm going to preach on this on Sunday. It says, at last we have freedom. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got freedom. And this is why. For Christ has set us free. You didn't do nothing about it. You may not have the maturity of freedom yet. You may still be pooping your pants. 
Come on. But you have been set free. And because you've been set free, he is inviting you. Right? He's going to pour out his spirit on you. You're going to look different when his spirit are poured out. I believe there's people sitting in this room that's going to be on this worship team someday. I don't know if that's you. You know whether it's you. You know if I just said that right then, your heart went... <laughs> Left within you just a little, just lady said, Get down. You don't want to show excitement. She might call on you. She's called out Beth. I mean, she might call on you. But see, that's the, the, the promise of the Holy Spirit when someone speaks it over you. That thing. You may not know its name. I know him really well. But that thing in you, that Holy Spirit in you, it jumps up to attention and says, pick me. I want to fly. I want to be free. He says, at last, we have freedom. <sighs> That's a good feeling, isn't it? For Christ has set us free. And so we have to cherish the truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Come on, Mendel. So good. Don't you feel like we could pretty much have a message on the relevance of the Holy Spirit every single day? 24-7, just 365. I don't think there's anything more relevant than the Holy Spirit. Well, I did want to share a word tonight. Um, there is a um, such this is such an incredible time to be alive. I know that we all have different hardships in life right now, but this point in time on history, it is an incredible time to be alive and to know God and to know the Holy Spirit, to know Jesus and be in relationship with them. And I have been experiencing something that I really don't have words for um, with um, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, you know, like Tisa said, the Holy Spirit is what makes the things within the Father that we don't yet know known to us. He searches the heart of Father God and and speaks those things over us, just speaks over them. Like I think about it like being marinated in truth and someday it clicks. Someday it like touches something inside you and you get it on a new level. And so that's something along those lines has been happening for me. And I've been having these encounters. Sometimes he'll wake me up in the middle of the night and I don't, like I said, I don't even have the exact words for it, but my awareness of just how real it is that Jesus Christ is alive and living in me and that the Holy Spirit is here with me, just how close they are. My awareness is just being expanded to that reality. Like I'm having these tangible experiences. Now, I would have said to you before this that I've, I've had encounters with the presence of God. I've felt the Holy Spirit. I know that they're real. You know, I've had tangible experiences, but this is like a whole new level of like, like you cannot separate me from them. I cannot be separated from them. Like they are so close. And so there's just this thing he's expanding in me. And so when that kind of thing happens with God, you know, the best thing you can do is partner with it every possible chance of the day. And so I was had today, actually, I woke up and I was feeling really good, but I had this little blip of a trigger come by. 
this little bitty thing. And it's not a new trigger. And so I've, I've recognized it and I'm like, ugh, you're a distraction. Just get behind me, Satan kind of thing. You know, <laughs> like I'm just going to ignore you. But, um, thankfully with some help from Tisa, she was like, well, maybe you shouldn't just be ignoring that. And so I was like, right, right. I've been on this thing. Jesus is in me. The Holy Spirit is so close. We're right here together. Why don't I ask about it and see what's going on instead of trying to shove that thing into the corner? And so I just began to write and I really, um, I, I like to share the beginning of my process with you so that you can, it can, you can connect with that moment where I'm actually feeling something that's a little bit of a struggle. It's not like this glorious, you know, encounter, but I'm, it's, I'm just being real. I'm just being a real human being in this, on this journey. And so I sat down to write and, and I, I, I address this. I normally talk to Papa, like Father God, you know, Papa, and we have a real close relationship, but he's been highlighting, like I said, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and their role in my day to day life more and more. And so I said, Papa, Holy Spirit, Jesus, I know you watch over me and that you know my heart intimately well. You know me better than I know myself. So thank you. I'm so thankful for you revealing me to me as you reveal yourself to me. What an unexpected gift you are giving. I am undone by your touch. When you connect with my heart in a brand new way, that part of me comes alive as if for the very first time. Oh, I know it once lived with the very first breath you gave, but for so long it lay dormant and unseen no longer even a part of my pleas for help, no longer even a part of my dreams, no longer allowed to speak. There was a part of me relegated to a grave that I helped dig. I'm undone by your passion for these parts of me. I bring you all I can of me, but you reach still for the fractured and forgotten parts of me that I can no longer see. Your devotion is beyond reproach. Your love seeks me fully. Your heart will not stop beating with resurrection life to rise up fully in me. So I was taking this opportunity. I just want to say, notice that I said I had a feeling, a problem, right? Something that didn't feel good. But my awareness shifted to, wait a minute, there's someone that knows me better than me. There's someone that is more passionate and more intent on answering this thing in me than even I am. Like I could have spent one second and just said, whatever, you know, just get move past it. But there's someone. So my attention was drawn to these, to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus feeling so close to me. And so my attention was drawn and my focus came to, uh, came to focus on this partnership that was available to me through my union with him. And so I said, so Jesus, Holy Spirit, what do you see in me that is fighting to breathe? What is this in me that fights for the right to be seen, that protests relegation away from the scene of your majesty? What is it that stands up and waves its hand saying, what about me? Is there a fracture in me, a splinter of identity that has festered long enough to finally be seen? What is this that cries out in me? 
Now, I want to connect the dots here a little bit more. We all have things in our soul, right, that rise up like I'm describing. And those types of things, a lot of time, are what we've been judged for. Because we say them out loud to somebody and they they condemn us and say, well, you're wrong. You shouldn't. That's just selfish. You shouldn't feel that way. But the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Father are so intent on making you whole that they actually want you to they want to hear about that. You're not wrong for having a feeling like that. You're not wrong for having a need that has gone unmet that is starting to act like a neglected child. And that's what those things are in us. And when we have something rising up like in us like that, that doesn't feel good, it's not something to condemn yourself with. It's something that there's a voice that's trying to speak in you that says there's something that that is needed here. And that's a major change. And so that's why I was starting to give words to this to say that this thing in me is starting to protest feeling relegated to the sidelines. It's starting to protest feeling neglected or shoved to the side. So I was trying to give words to this thing that I was feeling. And so the Holy Spirit, of course, is good to to come and he answers those things in us and brings us the truth in a healthy perspective. And that's how we mature over and over. We just do that over and over. So I was asking him, is there a fracture in me? Is there some sort of splinter of my identity that's trying to speak through this feeling that's festered long enough to finally be seen? What is it that cries out in me? When you search the Father's heart on my behalf, do you hear a whisper made just for that part? I want to invite you into that, to knowledge of that, that as I said, the Holy Spirit searches the heart of the Father to identify what you don't yet know about Him. And He starts to whisper that thing around you. And so it's just like if you think about um, radio waves, you know, there's radio waves going through the air all the time. If anybody, you know, for those of us who remember radio stations and you're, you know, <laughs> that technology, but not, not streaming, you know, but radio waves. Um, if you turn your dial to that, you know, frequency, then you connect with the frequency, with the message that's going through the air and you can hear it. It's the same thing. So the Holy Spirit is speaking this truth, this thing that you don't yet know about the Father's heart over you. And when you ask, you've just turned your dial to the right frequency and suddenly you can hear. And that's how he does it. So I said, Holy Spirit, when you search the Father's heart on my behalf, do you do you hear a whisper made just for that part? And I heard Papa begin to speak and he said, my child, there are places in you that my tears have watered for many, many years. I would not turn aside. I would not turn away from what I made. I would not look away, even though every other glance broke its promise and left its place. No, I would not abandon the splinters of your identity. My tears kept this part of your garden alive. My love, it's secret sunshine. What you hear coming from deep within is the sound of seeds cracking open and new life beginning again. Resurrection life is blooming in you, and with it comes new sounds, new cries from within, new passions igniting, new songs rising. He said, my daughter, my son, 
Every seed in your garden has a voice. I designed it to be that way. There is no part of you I intended to be silent. There are conversations to be had and introductions to be made. Wholeness is on its way. And this time, I want every part of you to be intimately acquainted with the divinity living within you. Yeshua awaits the sound of your voice. Holy Spirit longs to hear your heart cry. They long to meet you in your need, to hear of your dreams, and to join the song you sing. So don't hush the hesitations you have in life. Bring it to them. Don't be silent in your solace. Seek comfort instead with them. Explore the miracle of your spirit union as I intended you to live. You are not alone. You never have been. Please, no more relegation to the sidelines for you or for them. Come and move and live and have your being with them. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father are pouring themselves out on the earth right now. And they don't want to just be an accessory in our lives or a band-aid that we put on our wounds, but they actually want to intimately experience the life that you are living with you. And this is an invitation. The Father is saying, the Father is saying, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are with you right now. Stop pushing them to the side. Stop trying to figure everything out on your own. Stop trying to only talk to them when you think you've gotten it figured out and you've suppressed all the fires that are burning inside of you. Invite them into this process. Father God is highlighting specifically right now the connection with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and they will bring you into greater connection with Father God. But this invitation, I've never felt his heart burning more than I do on this right now, that he is inviting us to this deep, tangible connection of life with Jesus and the Holy Spirit on every day, in every moment. So don't hush the hesitations you have in life. Bring it to them. Don't be silent in your solace. Seek comfort instead with them. Explore the miracle of your spirit union. Explore the miracle of your spirit union as I intended you to live. You are not alone. You never have been. So please, no more relegation to the sidelines for you or for them. Come and move and live and have your being with them. So, Papa, I just want to say thank you today. Thank you for this outpouring of your spirit. Thank you for this invitation to experience you in a new, tangible way where we can't separate ourselves from you, where we can't see where you stop and we, we begin, but we see ourselves as one with you. I thank you that right now that, that your spirit actually surpasses our ability to understand this with our minds. Your spirit allows us to feel and to know the truth of this word, of this invitation, of everything that was shared tonight, whether we understand it or not. 
It's an invitation to go deeper and to understand more. But your Holy Spirit makes it real to us. Your Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood to us real. The Holy Spirit makes the fact that you are a child of God real to us. The Holy Spirit makes real the need and the connection available for Jesus, with Jesus. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your power on this earth. I thank you for your power in our lives. I thank you for your devotion to us and to the original design of the Creator. Holy Spirit, you are devoted to us being up op- to operating as in spirit union with you. You aren't looking just for souls to make it to heaven, but to actually to have unity and intimacy here on earth in this lifetime. So I thank you that you are moving through the room right now and through this recording, if anyone's listening in the future, to make this a reality to us in our own mind, in our own hearts. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit. We say yes and amen to you. We say yes and amen to you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the price you paid to make all of this possible, to make all of it possible. Where would we be without you? Jesus, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And we say yes to your invitation tonight. We say yes and amen to your invitation. And we thank you, Father God, that it's always been your intent to father us, to be a parent to us, to be a daddy to us, to be a papa to us, and for us to finally feel freedom in being children. We don't have to know it all. We don't have to have it all under control. And we can live with excitement and joy and hope in one who knows more than us. So I thank you, Papa. And we say yes to your invitation tonight. We say yes and amen to your invitation tonight. Thank you for the perfect plan for our lives at this exact moment in time. So we love you, we love you, we love you, we exalt your name, we exalt your name above all things today. We just say we love you, we can't stop saying thank you and we love you. It's in your precious name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. 